So I've got a small fan going. You know, is it, do I look like, I've been always wanting to be one of these models that just kind of had. Right. You're the, you're the same, I can tell. Absolutely. Hey, you're listening to The Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. Well, hello, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Mike Thacker Show. So awesome that you're taking some of your time to join it with me in this kind of virtual format and listen to some of the things that are chewing on my brain and some of the conversations I'm having. Definitely appreciate it. Definitely excited about today's episode. We've got an awesome guest with us here in the studio. His name is Tim Winders. You can go check out his podcast at Seat Go Create. And Tim has had an incredible journey. I'm not going to say it's been enjoyable. Um, he went from running multi-million dollar businesses to living in an RV in the space of just a few years and has definitely learned some lessons along the way. But he's talked about that a lot on some other great shows and you can go check him out. Recently, uh, he was on Eric Nevin's podcast and uh, I was listening to that one last night, actually, as I was driving home from the office. But before we get into that, I wanted just to take a quick second and say, listen, is it me or is there just like so much technology flying out right now that's letting us do such amazing, crazy things? I mean, who'd have thought that I can be standing in a room recording on a Zoom recording, connecting with somebody who lives in an RV halfway across the United States, and we can see each other and then you guys can hear it because of the smartphone in your hand. I know it sounds kind of cheesy and it's that time of year where it's Thanksgiving and it's Christmas and the holidays. But listen, I just want to say for myself, and I don't know whether you ever think about things like this, but I'm grateful today for technology. I'm thankful today for technology. If it wasn't for tech, we wouldn't be connected. Some of you guys who send messages or write comments and leave reviews or you know, maybe even actually work out of one of my work lodges and come and say hi to me. It's just fascinating what, what we've been able to see just growing and coming to fruition in the world. And so I'm starting off today to just let you know I am thankful and I am grateful. And I hope you've got something you are too. If it's not tech, that's okay. I know sometimes it doesn't work and then I really don't feel thankful for that minute. But overall, I am. So anyway, let's move on and dig in and catch up with Tim. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. It's great to, uh, great to connect and have a conversation with the uh, recorder going, right? Right. Absolutely. No, it is. And so Tim is a performance coach. He's an author. He has his own podcast. It's called Seat Go Create. And if you want to pause this for a second and go add that to your uh, library or your feed, that's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings as long as you come back and listen to today's episode. But Tim has got a very interesting story. And because he's such uh, a, just a, a rock star in the podcasting world, you can find many, many places that Tim's going to talk about his story. And there's a great one with Eric Nevins that I was listening to last night as I was uh, in the car just driving home. And so um, today for the show, I'm going to give you just a, a really quick rundown of a little bit of the things that make Tim unique. And I'm going to let him kind of talk as well. But if you really want to get his backstory and everything else, this is not the episode for you because we're going to be digging straight into some meat and some serious, deep, deep, super deep stuff. So Tim, in a nutshell, 60 seconds or less, give us the snapshot. Why on earth do you live in an RV? And how did you get there? <laughs> Uh, well, 60 seconds or less. All right. Uh, my wife and I've been married over 32 years and, uh, and you know, we've done a lot of things. We've had a lot of ups and downs. I've always been a guy driven by business. And I also have the coaching gene, which means 
I like to say, I like to reach down inside people and pull out what God placed there at the beginning. And so we've been entrepreneurs since the mid 80s when I was at Georgia Tech. I'm an industrial and systems engineer by training. We've had businesses that have done very well, and we've had some struggles and challenges like any business owner entrepreneur has. In 2008, we had three companies valued at seven figures plus, had over 15 million in real estate. The other two companies were real estate related. We lived in a 6,000 square foot home in a resort community, had a Ritz Carlton as a neighbor. And to make a long story short, five years later, 2013, we were homeless living in a Honda van, bankrupt, lost everything, less than $100 in our bank account. And so we started what we call the nomad life. It's homeless for some people. We call it nomad because it just sounds better, maybe more spiritual. I don't know. We maybe pretended we were like Abraham and Sarah. But Mike, it really was, I don't want to say the beginning of the journey, the end of the journey or the midpoint, whatever, but that is when... I will say that the Lord had my attention to the fullest extent that I would have, wouldn't have admitted it before, but at that point, I believe I was ready to serve and submit and do whatever He said. And, and so over the next few years, we kind of traveled around. The Lord started bringing restoration financially back to us. We went to Bible school for a few years. And when we finished up Bible school up in Colorado, my wife said, I think that we need to travel again. The Lord wants us to move us around. And she goes, I think it needs to be in an RV. And the funny part is I said nothing at first. That's a marriage tip just for the guys. If your wife says something, sometimes your first response may not be the best. So I've learned this 30 something years in, I was really hesitant. And after about a day or so, I said, you know what? That must be God because I would never come up with that idea. So that's been about two and a half years ago. We miraculously had an RV dropped in our lap, paid cash for it, gutted it, uh, and uh, have been traveling via RV ever since, doing our business, doing our work, doing our ministry as we traveled around the country. We can't do that overseas yet, but we're trying to see if there's a way maybe we could be transported or something and do it overseas. So... So one of the reasons that, that I selfishly wanted to get you on the show, Tim, is because I wanted to chat um, I think, I think for me as somebody who's you know been raised in the faith, I, I, I was you know going to church when I was nine, so I pretty much grew up in church. Wanted to be a preacher, did a little bit of that. But I think for me as someone who's now tried to translate that in the in the business side of things, a lot of the things I ponder about are how how should I be doing this the right way, or what do I think the Bible is saying about this situation, or you know let's let's take core values for example. So as a business here at Work Lodge. Being amazing is our overriding core value, and we define that by, um, you know, being humble, being passionate, being generous, being authentic, and uh, and being a little bonkers. That's kind of the five things. And we say, look, if you do those five things, and we think that's going to be amazing, but but we pull those five things from that biblical foundation that, that we're trying to build the business on. Being authentic, you know, is important because I think the Bible tells me I'm supposed to be authentic. I'm supposed to treat people the way I want to be treated. I'm supposed to do the right thing when no one's looking and on all these kind of things. And, and I wonder how many of the folks listening or how many, you know, smaller business owners out there who are, who are believers or would connect themselves with faith, how much are they applying from their, their church life or is, is church and God still a Sunday morning thing? And then this is like a Monday to Friday thing. What have you seen, especially because you do coaching as well. So it's not just your, you know, your perspective as a business owner yourself, but what do you see when you talk to other people? Am I just crazy? Like, does everybody just think of these things and, and, and I'm the odd one out or is nobody thinking about these things? Well, 
Here's the, the challenging part with our culture, our current first world culture, we'll call it. And that is there aren't as many absolutes as we think there are. There's, and I'm not going to go into the faith absolutes here. I'm just going to talk about in the way we operate business. Let's just talk about day-to-day operations. Mike, there are so many variables. I think we have ways that we expect things to be done. And when people don't operate in that, we do something that I know we're not supposed to do. And we are pretty quick to judge someone that might be doing it differently than we perceive that it should be done. So that's number one that I'll say. But to kind of build upon that, I think we're going to go over some layers. And and instead of like going layers building, I think what we're going to do is start high and go deep, I think is a good thing for us to do. The next thing that we, I, I think, helps me understand it is some historical culture. And that is, there are two systems that we have in the realm that we function in. There's the kingdom of God or the Eden system. And there's the world system or the Babylonian system, okay? Now, the challenge I think that many of us, your listener, you and I have, is that we have this strong desire. We so want to operate fully within the kingdom of God. But yet we've got one, sometimes both feet in this Babylonian system. And it has a different set of rules, has a different currency, has a, has a different structure. It is also a structure that is crumbling, by the way. I want to go ahead and say that. And so we almost have to admit there's a structure that's exponentially growing, and there's a structure that's crumbling. Babylon is crumbling. It has been since early on. And Mike, and Mike, the difficulty that we have, this is getting down to a layer that you just brought up, is that we are a product currently in America, Australia, in the UK, in first world of the Greco-Roman culture, which means we segment our lives. We have our life at home. We have our education life. We have our spiritual life. We have our hobbies. We have our sports. We have our marriage, our children. Everything seems to be segmented. We're really good at segmenting. As opposed to the Judeo structure, if we go back to biblical, everything is one for them. They are whole. It's all one part. And so I think the big challenge that we face, and I'll, I'll stop here and let you piggyback on this, is that we attempt to segment like that Babylonian Greco-Roman culture structures when we're really supposed to be 100% all of it. And that's where the conflict starting starts to arise. We believe that in business, we're business, that in our spiritual life, we're spiritual, not understanding that it's both 100%. If we've been called or assigned to be in the business world by our father via the kingdom, then it's not separated out. It's still one. The practical application, I think, is what we're going to want to talk about a little bit more. And so I think, obviously, there's people that are getting this because you've got you know big, famous business leaders saying, look, you're looking for work-life balance, but there is no work-life balance. It, it's work and life fused together, and, and it, it's one yeah. thing, which is exactly what you're saying. So obviously some folks are getting that and they're not getting it necessarily from the same place that we're pulling from. They've, they've come to that realization themselves. And it's funny because I was, I was talking to Linda um, this morning and I'm sure my age now because I can't remember the conversation in exact detail, but, but we were talking about a theme that we see in, in real life and in day-to-day um, lived out and exemplified by, by a lot of different people, but it, but it comes from a very biblical place. And, and without getting into specifics, why don't we just take murder, for example, because it's an easy one and most yeah. people agree we shouldn't go around killing people. 
our culture, our society says, hey, don't murder, it's not okay. And if you do, you're going to go to jail. Uh, but we can go back thousands of years to you know, a piece of black and white text that says, God said don't murder. And whether somebody wants to accept that's where it came from or not, um, the reality is that it, it is there, it's in the text, it's been around for thousands of years, and it's a timeless truth that didn't change. Some people have just found that from a different place. And I think that's what you're talking about here. We've got a, another timeless truth, which to me, I think if what you're telling me is, if we constantly chase the ability to segment and compartmentalize, we're never going to feel fulfilled or satisfied. We've got to figure out a way to live life and fuse it with, with work um, to such an extent that everything is balanced, but at the same time, everything is just fluid and flowing. And it's okay you know, if at two o'clock, maybe I'm handling something that's not work-related, if I can do that at four or five. I know it's different for a business owner versus you know, an employee maybe who's got a little bit more structure and boundary around their roles. But we're talking primarily to business owners here and, and entrepreneurs, leaders, because that's that's what the show's about. So, yeah. So, so do you? I do not have this figured out because I think that's part of the tension. It's the tension that we have in in the world that we live in. Okay, I'm going to go back to 2008. I know that the Lord gave me a lot of ideas. I know that the Lord told me certain ways to do business and certain things to do. And you'll hear me use the word assignment quite a bit. I had assignments. But Mike, the mistakes that I made, I think this is very important, was that I would get divine ideas, godly inspired ideas. And I would do something to the effect of, okay, God, I appreciate it. Thank you for that. I've got this. I'm going to take it and run with it, and I'll get back to you if I need anything. I'm exaggerating only slightly, and I know the listener, there's a listener, at least a handful that are going, oh my gosh, he's just read my mail. He's talking to me. And unfortunately, what I would do is I would run back to God with a conversation only when I needed it or I was getting in trouble. I had some personnel issues I was dealing with. We were running some into some financial challenges or difficulties or something was going on that would be that trial or tribulation perceived in the natural realm. And the Lord almost audibly, I believe that the Lord can speak to people this way, told me during a very difficult time when we were losing things, we had a lot of real estate over hundred pieces of property, Mike, and we had a lot of stuff going on. The Lord spoke to me, and I believe that he said, Tim, I am not an ATM machine. My desire is for us to work together 100% of the time in every facet of what you do and what I desire to accomplish, which means I've got to have dialogue and conversation with him all the time, not just when I need it. And I think a lot of us that are bright, we've been gifted with some tools, some talents, some skills. We have this thought that the Lord gave this to us so that we can go out on our own and make it happen. You know, self-made man and, you know, hustle and, you know, all the words we can use, Mike, that I know we're all familiar with and your listener is. When, when in all honesty, what we really are is we're stewards over those gifts 
We're stewards over the business. We're stewards over the group of people or the financial resources or the physical resources like I know you have. We are only stewards over those. And our mission is to, when we're finished with those things, turn them back over to the owner, the ultimate owner, which I believe is the father, in a better condition than when we receive them. And the only way we can do that is admit that we can't do it. <laughs> okay, so then, but Sam, let me ask you a question. Sure. What happens when you, when you get this divine idea or you get this idea out of you know, somewhere and um, you run with it, but you do try and run with it, with God. So you, you don't just abandon him. What about the folks listening who have maybe had an idea and they have kept up with the devotions every day. They have talked to God about things, you know, maybe not daily, but certainly a couple of times a week, three times a week to do with the business that they are trying to have a conversation. They are looking for inspiration. They're praying for wisdom but then something still goes wrong or it doesn't even work. What do you say to that? Well, one of the underlying themes of our podcast, Mike, is redefine success because I think it's a great question. You mentioned Eric's podcast earlier, halfway there. One of the things that Eric and I have had great conversations on is, Tim, what is, what is your message? And I, I, I've really shared with him, and I want to give him a, you know, accolades for helping me pull this out, is that I truly, in my coaching, in my interaction with people, really want to drill down how we're defining success. And there's a scripture that we can use that will give us a great indicator of this. And that scripture is Matthew 6, 33. And it's one that most people, if they've ever cracked a Bible open, should be somewhat familiar with. I wouldn't say it's in the top five, but should be in the top 10. And that is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Okay. What I recognized with me, Mike, was that I had the verse flipped around. I was seeking after the things. I was putting together marketing plans. I was probably being involved with manipulation. I was probably doing things that skirted levels of integrity and all because I was going after the things and I was justifying it because I had divine ideas. I was spending some time with the Lord, but I was not seeking. There's only one thing that he says to seek first, by the way, because I did a study on this for about 18 months, and that is to seek the kingdom of God. And, and I'll go ahead and say this, that I would venture to say that most of us with our little human minds have a difficulty grasping the kingdom of God. And I don't think that we will until we move from this realm to the next. It is here. It's around us. It's in us. It's with us. It's all, a, we can lose it. We can gain it. We can gift it. There's all types of things. I studied every verse in the scripture that has kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven reference, wrote it out longhand. I did that for 18 months, Mike. I'm actually doing the same thing right now with the word righteousness. And it's much more than we believe that it is. And so I think the answer to the question you're asking is that when, when it doesn't work, I would follow it up with, with, is it not working in reference to the things at the end of Matthew 6, 33, or is it not working in reference to the kingdom of God at the beginning of that verse? In all likelihood, and I'm not going to be definitive on this because, you know, a lot of things can go on, and I don't, we don't know people's hearts. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's happening and all that. In all likelihood, my guess is, is that we are gauging God's hand in our lives by our bank account or how successful our business is. 
And I have just learned we have to be very cautious about that because I don't think he wishes us to go through pain, discomfort, and things like that. But we may go through some pain, discomfort, trials, tribulations along the way. And they may also be involved with our businesses too. And that's a tough pill for those of us that are believers to swallow. So are you saying then that you think some of success could be the journey, even if the outcome is failure in the world's eyes? Are you saying success could be the lessons learned along the way, irrespective of the sales charts, the numbers, the whatever? Yeah. I mean, what I'm really saying is that we have to be we have to be careful how we measure because there's a way that the Babylonian system measures and then there's a way that the kingdom of God measures. The currency of the kingdom of God, by the way, is love. I mean, your bank account has very little to do. I think many of us are going to be very surprised by, by, the, by the way we see people's stature within the kingdom of God when we move to the next realm. You know, some of us that were hard chargers and man, we worked hard and we did all this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's probably going to be a, a, a little old lady that fed the hungry every day, the five people around her every day in an impoverished portion of India. And we will report to her in the structure that will be heaven. And, and we're going to go, but, 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 and we're going to hear, you know, you did great in that Babylonian system, but that kingdom of God, there's a different measurement there. So, so in answer to your question, yes. I mean, listen, and remember, I want to remind people, you're talking to a guy that had three seven-figure businesses in 2008, and there was every indication of success that I was dripping with, but five years later, I was more likely in a higher level of success because of my relationship with the Father and the kingdom of God than the five years before when we were living in the big house, had all the cars, country club memberships, all of that. Now, don't ask me to go through that again. It was painful, okay? I'm not, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not saying that there's virtue. Listen, I am not saying that there's virtue in poverty or anything like that. But what you brought up, I do not wish what I went through on anyone, but my wife and I are so thankful that we went through it because of that journey of who we became through that process. So I, I do think there's a portion of it that's the journey. It's not the ultimate thing, but I think it's more of becoming or what we're moving towards that's more important than what we have or those I'll refer back to the things at the end of, you know, stature, titles, roles, responsibilities, you know, influence in culture, you know, all the things that we measure success. I'm not saying any of that's bad, but when we start making that an idol, I just am not sure that it fits into the kingdom of God as much as we would like for it to. So Tim, let's go back to a little bit of that journey then. And let, let, me, let me pull on this thread for a second. So obviously you had some businesses, you're bringing in revenue a few years later, it's all gone away. And so let's, let's be practical for a second. And let's talk about how people build a business and how they, how they grow something. Um, I'm a huge believer in bootstrapping. If you've listened to the show at all, for those of you that have listened to more than one or two episodes, you've probably heard me talk about it. I've written blog posts about it. And I talk about it in interviews with other folks. I know not everybody can do it, but if you can, you know, find a way to self-invest and, and don't look to others all the time. I, you know, we work around small business owners. I see guys come in and hustle on their own. I see guys come in and spend all day every day trying to figure out how to raise some money from an investor and they're spending more time on that than they are in the business and getting customers and actually growing something that matters. 
and, and I don't even know the answer to this question. And, and you know, we don't we don't have to get too too deep in the weeds. I'm assuming if you owned real estate, you borrowed some money from somebody, whether a bank or you know an angel or whatever. If you could have found a way to self fund and bootstrap to grow, would you have been in a position where you lost everything, or would that have given you some protection? Like, what are your thoughts about that? And I'm not saying all all capital is evil. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah. But I do think some people chase it too easily. And I think it comes with a lot of strings attached. Well, listen, had we not had debt, because as things started slipping, I actually thought this was a thought process that I had in 08, 09, maybe into 10, was that because God loves me, because I'm a follower of Christ and, you know, you know, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those that love him. He's going to save me and he's going to miraculously bring some financial resources in so that we could recoup all of these properties. But yeah, listen, when you got a hundred properties, you know, we've got, you know, we've got investors, we've got mortgages, we've got all of those things. And the math looked really good in 06, 07, and 08. It did not look good in 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay. Which, which leads to bankruptcy and all these things that are really, really ugly. And I'll tell you that ideally, no debt is what one should look for and not be beholden to anyone else. And on our podcast, we've interviewed VCs. I've actually interviewed people out of Silicon Valley. And I just interviewed uh, this last week, it dropped, the episode dropped, it would be dropping in mid-November, a group of, of startup guys that are bootstrapping a, a dating game type app. It was really cool. They're all in their dorm rooms and stuff like that. But I'll tell a quick story that I think will emphasize it. And that is this. I, there was someone that we were helping out financially. It was an, an elderly woman. And she called me one time and she, and she always called when she needed something, truthfully. And Mike, what she said was, when I finally said, okay, what do you need? She said, well, you know, we, we're, we're about to be foreclosed on our home that's up in the state that we're in. And I said, well, I know a fair amount about real estate. What is the current status? And she goes, well, we haven't made the payments for this month. And my comment, which was a little bit flippant is, oh, you're not anywhere near being foreclosed. You know, you probably have six, 12, probably 24 months before they'll foreclose on it. And so you really, and especially they were trying to sell it. I said, you can actually, you can miss a few payments and it'll be okay. They'll just take that out of the sales proceeds when you sell it. And it was like one of these spiritual conversations where that's of the devil. You're never supposed to miss a payment and blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of paused, you know, knowing the situation I'd been through. And I said, well, actually, the fact that you took on debt means that you're functioning in the Babylonian structure. And in the Babylonian structure, there's a totally different set of rules. So if you're going to go the kingdom of God route, you should have never gotten a mortgage in the first place. And I know this is a little controversial for people because we wonder, would people ever own homes? And, you know, it goes back to what you're asking, though, is which system do we want to operate in? I would argue that kingdom of God, 99.9% of the time is what you just said. If God has instructed you to do it, if it's an assignment that he has given to you, I have a firm belief that he's going to provide the resources to make that happen. And those resources include the finances. And I don't think they're going to have a lot of strings attached that will make you beholden to something that's going to cause you to possibly compromise some things in the near future. So yes, had I had it do over again, I would love to do it differently. That's not my story though. <laughs> no, and I get that. And obviously we can, I, everything looks great in the rear view mirror. So, so, you know, I understand that and we, none of us can go back and change it, but it is a conversation, you know, that comes up and obviously again, you know, we, we operate a business that helps a lot of small business. So we see this on a regular basis and 
I'm not going to say it breaks my heart when I see someone, you know, chasing, you know, the the easy money versus um, maybe trying to tighten the belts and, and bootstrap a little bit more. But I, it does make me kind of pause and, and be concerned that, hey, is that really the, the best direction you can go in? And maybe sometimes it is, you know, maybe sometimes it isn't. I just want to, I just want to at least be able to stir that question that says, hey, look, that's not the only way you could you could do this instead and still build something, you know, meaningful. Because uh, you're right. I mean, it's there in black and white. Don't owe anything to anybody. Okay. Well, if if I'm going to build a, a business on a biblical framework, then I can't just pick and choose. So yeah. you know, not lying, not cheating, not stealing. I mean, all those things should apply, right? Absolutely. And and I I totally agree that from a financial standpoint, bootstrap, build it on your own, or if there is some form of a partnership, make sure that God is involved with that. I mean, I could have a long conversation about partnerships too, and the good, the bad, and the ugly there. But but uh, anyway, so you, you know, the, the real essence of it, Mike, is to have a relationship with God so that we truly believe that we are hearing His voice and hearing His instruction. Because listen, you and I can talk business theory probably all day long. We've probably got history. We've seen examples. I've worked with clients. I just got off the phone with two of my ministry clients that we work with VR Foundation. And there's theory and everything like that for almost anything that we want to discuss. But the bottom line is, is if you and I are discussing business and we're going to start something or we're going to do something or we feel as if the Lord has, you know, woke us up in the middle of the night, like has a tendency to happen to entrepreneurs and you have this all this fires in your brain and you go, oh, you wake up in the morning and say, that was God, no doubt about it. Then I like to pause now. I didn't used to pause. I would have websites up and I would have things going, you know, by noon the next day and I'd be putting a marketing funnel in place and all this type of stuff. Now what I've learned to do, Mike, this is the practical application here is I've learned to pause and maybe, maybe write down some things in journal and say, Lord, I want to make sure that this is you. Can you give me some clues? Would you open up doors if this is a door you would like me to step through? And could you close it and close it tight? If I don't need to work with Mike on this project, Project A, would you let me know? And, and then I'll pause a little bit more. And I've done something that in 2008, I was not capable of, Mike, and that is I've been patient and listened and paused and listen, I'll say this and I don't want to be harsh, but you mentioned it earlier. So I'll just go ahead and say it. There are people that do devotionals. There are people that go through the, um, the steps of doing what we believe Christians are supposed to do. Go to church, read your Bible and all this kind of stuff. But listen, you could read about marriage all day long. You could watch videos about marriage from now until whatever. But until you get into the, and we won't get into gory details here, the intimate details of a relationship in a marriage, you do not know what it is like. And I will say that I knew of God. I interacted with God, the Father. I did all that I could that I was supposed to do, you know, works the parking lot ministry at church, went through all of the works, but I did not listen and I needed to sit down and say, Lord, what do you want to tell me today? And shut up and listen. And there are some very specific strategies that I've gotten over the last few years. Living in an RV is one of them. 
So let's talk about the RV then. Yeah. (laughs) You, you, You led straight into it. So you've been living in this RV, traveling. So you literally travel around the US and you don't have a home, correct? Correct. No home. Everything I own is behind me. I'm in the front seat of a 39-foot RV that's named Theo. And so literally almost everything we own. We've got a small storage unit with a couple of things, but this is us. Got my office. I'm in the passenger seat now with my podcast mic and my lighting and everything here. So Tim, if you had to pick one thing that has helped your faith, maybe even helped your faith and business together, that you've learned from the roaming lifestyle of a of, of Theo and, and the RV world, what would that be? It would be that God loves me and he really wants to lead me down a path that is his perfect will as opposed to his permissive will. I believe that I led a life most of my life, which was permissive. And, and this is me talking about God. So do not, I hope no one takes this in a wrong way. This is the way I converse with God. I think many times God would go, yeah, sure, Tim, go ahead. You do that and then check back in and I'll, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll fix it. Yeah, you know, sure, go ahead. Let's see how it works out for you. As opposed to God's perfect will. And I'm not saying I'm in his perfect will, but a, a good example of the RV, early part of 2020, I don't know when people will be listening in on this, but early part of 2020, the world was doing all kinds of things. And Friday the 13th, I was spending time in prayer and I've got this journal and I was saying, Lord, what's going on in the world? And the Lord spoke to me and said, there's a famine coming. Babylon is crumbling. And I want to remind you that I told you this was happening five years ago. Go back to the journal entry that you wrote on a very significant day when he and I had a conversation. I went back to Friday the 13th, 2015. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the Babylonian system is crumbling. I'm preparing you for it. And I was in Bible school, about to start Bible school at the time. And so later he led us into living in an RV. He led us into being totally, uh, you know, having a lot of financial provision and other assets tucked away in some neat places and other things like that. And he just reminded me early part of this year that All of that was for purpose to prepare us for this time that we're entering into. So I don't know why we're nomads, but I have confidence that because I have listened better, okay, not perfectly, I'll just say better. I'm getting better. We're all getting better, aren't we, Mike? And I'm just encouraging your listener to just try to listen to the Lord as opposed to going to the Lord with an agenda, okay? We can fix things. I think most people that are listening are probably fixers and we like to fix things. And that's, we're wired for that. But the Lord wants us to fix it with his guidance, not with our guidance. And because it's very frustrating trying to fix things that we're not supposed to fix. And so I have, as best I can, used the gifts and talents that he's given me with the assignment that he's given me in the kingdom so that I could go about what he desires for me to do. And so I truly believe that that has built my faith to a level that I could never have imagined 5, 10, 15, 20 almost 30 years now that I've been a follower of Christ. And had you asked me almost 30 years ago, if I was sold out and doing what God was doing, I would have probably answered yes. When now I look back and tell you, I didn't have a clue, Mike. (laughs) I didn't have a clue. (laughs) I don't, some days I wonder if I'm ever going to have a clue, I'll tell you. (laughs) Just asking that question helps. I think just asking, saying, Lord, what do I need to know? What is it? What is something 
And when I ask that question, you know what he times? He goes, you know what? I love that question. Because just asking the question tells me that we're on the right path. Because I would not have asked that question because I didn't want somebody to tell me what to do years ago. I, I thought I was God in many ways. And I know some people might be uncomfortable with that statement, but many of us go into business because we love to control our world. We love to control our universe. And that control is what's good. And that control is what gets us in trouble because control is where the enemy can really, really do a number on us. And that's the way I was. And listen, I can almost venture to say that everyone listening has a story about that also. No, it's, it, you're right. And it's so difficult because, you know, I, I, I wake up each day and I'm not saying I've lived a perfect life by any stretch, you know, but, but I have been a believer for, for all of my grown up life and the majority of my, you know, my younger yeah. life. And so my, my memory tells me that, you know, most of the time I, I really do want to walk down the path that is the best path for me to walk down. And, you know, if there is this God out there that created me and if there is this God out there that loves me and he kind of, you know, knows everything and is all powerful and, and all these other kind of concepts, then it would make sense that I would, I would want to walk down his path versus just, just trying to figure this out on my own. I don't know about you, but I'm really, really bad at predicting the future. And so when I'm trying to make decisions, I don't know which way I want to go because I, I don't know whether it's going to work or not. So I, I'm stuck here. And, and if there is someone out there that can see the future or has even been in the future, to me, and that's, that's the best friend to have, you know, let's go team Jesus, right? You know, that's okay. And so I guess for, for those listening, you know, maybe the, um, you know, maybe the hard part is, is really just the reality of, it's not about me, right? It's, it's about him first and, you know, and, and I'm second and, and that's okay, but I got to figure out how to live it out, you know, day to day. Yeah. I mean, so my question is this, since I'm kingdom of God and, and I'm real careful about the word calling, which is a really good word in Christian circles. My question to the Lord is very often, Lord, what is the assignment that you have for me today in your kingdom? And like right now, my assignment is totally focused on you and having this conversation. And we need to get this conversation done because someone needs to hear this. I don't know who, but that's my assignment. My assignment recently was to write a book. Well, I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. And I'm not sure if that assignment was just so the Lord could teach me something during the process or if I'm supposed to be a best-selling author with, you know, all these things going on. I don't know. I don't question results. I only question the specific actions related to the assignment. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to say that, Mike, because if you asked me that question, you know, even 5, 10, 15 years ago, if I had said that, I would have slapped myself in the face, not to get violent, but because I said, no, results matter. Well, the results matter in the proper perspective, and that's the results in the kingdom of God, not in Babylon. Now, I'm not, I don't believe we're poor in Babylon. I don't believe that I'm supposed to be living in poverty. And just to kind of give a reference with this mindset, I have more financial resources available to me now than I've ever had when we owned more than 15 million in real estate, okay? So, so, so I wanna say that before someone says, well, listen, this guy just lives in an RV, probably has 20 bucks to his name. No, that's not the case. Um, I have the ability to do more financially than I've ever had in my life. And probably it's because I don't think about it much. I used to think about it all the time. There's also a lesson in that. So, so I, as a practical term, I'm gonna challenge the listener to just do this Say, Lord, what assignment do you have for me in your kingdom 
today. And then with the journal or quiet without the smartphone or whatever, listen for five or 10 minutes and see what he says. I can guarantee you he will speak to you in some way. Now, he might bring a coach or someone into your life, or he might bring someone in to say, you know what I was thinking? You need to do this or think about this. But in all likelihood, you're going to hear that still small voice right after you ask the question. And then you have your instructions and your assignment, and you could start flexing that muscle. And the more that muscle is flexed, the stronger it gets. And before you know it, we're moving towards that perfect will, which really is my desire. It should be all of our desires, I believe, as followers, is, Lord, I want to be in your perfect will. I don't want to, do, I don't want to be the children of Israel and take 40 years to get to the promised land. I'd like to take the straight shot, what, seven days or something like that it should have taken? That's my desire. And that's the practical way that I attempt to do it. And listen, I don't do it well, but I'm doing better. That's the only thing I could say about it. Awesome. Well, listen, folks, you're listening to the Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. Today's guest on the show is Tim Winders. You can go listen to more from Tim on his podcast, Seek, Go, Create. And Tim, before we let you go, snapshot in a nutshell for folks who maybe have never experienced it or don't really know how it works. What is a coach? I mean, we hear about mentoring and finding someone that can kind of take you under their wing, but I'm assuming coaching takes it up a notch. Well, the, the first aspect of a coach is, I mean, the first aspect of any level of success, I believe, is self-awareness. You know, what are our weak, weaknesses, strengths, and all that kind of stuff? And a coach, in a natural sense, can help with identifying blind spots and areas of, of need. But I'll go ahead and give you my spiritual answer that I believe a coach. This is what I believe that is my assignment in this world, and that is to reach inside individuals and organizations and pull out their God-given purpose and help them manifest it. That, to me, is how I define coach. And it's we could use a, the word disciple. We could use a lot of other words. But it's just to reach inside and pull out the greatness that's already there. And that, to me, is the definition of a coach. That's what I use. That's what I use on a day-to-day basis. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, so listen, we always like to finish an episode with what we call our bottom line. And so, Tim, for those that are listening, obviously, you've had an an interesting journey, right? It's certainly not been a, a, a linear kind of graph. It's been up. It's been down. It's going up again. What's the bottom line that folks can learn from, from, from what you've learned? What's those three big guns that we want to kind of shoot out there to the, to the universe? Yeah, I, I think it's that one thing, and that is to seek after a relationship with the Father. And that can mean a lot of different things, but I can promise you He wants to have relationship with you. He wants to dialogue with you. He wants the best for you and just seek after that relationship, which typically means turning off some devices, TVs, etc., and spending some quiet time, intimate time with Him. Above all else, I mean, we could talk business techniques and strategies and mindset and all that. That's the heart that all of us need to be craving, is relationship with the Father. Awesome. Awesome. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You've been listening to The Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. Go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that notification button so that your little smartphone, laptop, iPad, or whatever device you're using tells you when a new episode drops. Love for you to stay up to date with um, all the guests and all the things we're talking about here. If you've got questions, shoot them my way. You can find me on social media at Real Mike Thacker on Facebook and Instagram. 
can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm just good old Mike Thacker on that one. Listen, so appreciate you giving your time and your energy to, to join this conversation. Thanks so much for the folks who've left reviews and left comments, helping me understand what you're enjoying, what kind of things are just scratching those itches and digging deep. Really, truly, genuinely appreciate the chance to, to kind of visit with you in this virtual way. And and we'll just love to chat and meet any of you if you're in the area where we've got work lodges. Obviously, I float between them in Houston and in Dallas. But uh, if you're ever close by, you know, just stop on in and say hi, grab a coffee, I'd love to chat. And um, until next time, let's grab there and be amazing. <laughs>